0: Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of LUFC Fanzone podcast. I'm Sam Isles
1: and I'm Jack Ellis
0: and each episode we'll be talking to a next Leeds United player or manager about their time at the club. Our guests will be chosen by you, our followers and listeners who get the chance to choose our upcoming guest by voting on a poll on our LUFC Fanzone Instagram story.
1: Our first poll received over a thousand votes and showed that 75% of you wanted a next player instead of a manager. We've managed to successfully contact over 60 former Leeds players and managers about featuring on our episodes, however, we wanted to make sure we started off with a
0: real former fans favourite on our opening show. That's right, today we're joined by former and captain Saul Bamba.
2: Thanks for joining us, Saul. Thanks for having me, guys.
1: Saul, how's lockdown been treating you?
2: Very difficult, very, very difficult. Um, but I'm... Uh... I've got to say, first and foremost, I think it's important for everyone to stay safe, uh, to respect the uh, what the government said, because obviously it's a it's a pandemic. It affects everybody. Um, I know everyone is not fortunate to have a house, gardens, and um, can just stay at home, but as much as possible, I think we need to respect the rules and try to just stay safe. So if we do that, we, we're going to save lives. So. Um, that's important to be said after that. Yeah, of course, lockdown would will not be different for everybody, um, for myself included. Um, I'm normally someone like to go in out um, with the kids and walk the dogs and everything. But unfortunately, we, we're not allowed to do that. But like I said, we, it's nearly the end of it. Um, hopefully we'll be back to normal pretty soon.
0: <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. You, you joined Leeds a few years ago now, wasn't it, in 2015, but is it alright if we start with the beginning of your career? Yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, so you you grew up on the outskirts of Paris, but what was life like for you before you became a professional footballer?
2: Um, It was pretty, I can call it like pretty normal really, I was going to school uh, near my house uh, and I was going to training on the Tuesday night, on the Thursday night, um, I wasn't. I wasn't a very good student. I've uh, got to be honest. Uh, so football took pretty, pretty big um, part of my life, and pretty quick, I wanted to to play the the game professionally. But obviously, my mum and dad wanted me to 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 do school and uh, to work well at school and to be to have a good a, a good job at the end. My mom wanted me to be a doctor. My dad wanted me to be a lawyer. Uh, so it was, it was a big on me, but. Um, start, start playing uh, my local team, and from there I never looked back. Um, I was fortunate you know, to have uh, some scout from Paris Saint-Germain coming to to watch me play and decide to take me. And from there I went to the academy when I was eleven, and I never looked back.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say that actually, you you began your career at Paris, but your mother was it? Your mother wanted you to become a doctor. Is that true?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think. Uh, what what happened is I was, um like I said I went to my local club playing there and a few the car was coming and knocked on my door and said they wanted to speak to my mom and dad and said I may go change to 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 be professional if I do if I go through the academy and everything um but my mom said no because she said I need to focus on the on school and uh, she wanted me to be to be a doctor so I need to work out of school so I can't play football or be at an academy and uh, and be a good doctor. So she said no a few times, um, but I was lucky to scout really, really fancy me and he was coming coming to the house every weekend. And uh, at some point my mum and dad decided to let me go and do it because they said, uh, if the guy keep going in the house and asking for, for me to join, so that means maybe I've got something. So they give me the chance.
0: Yeah. So it was the scout that persuaded your parents rather than you
2: asking to become one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Chance. I chance, no chance to convince them. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I remember crying uh, during the week and said to mum to let me go and play and uh, it's an opportunity for a lifetime for me, but she she, she, she had none of it, she didn't want to do it. Um, so I was lucky, this guy was very, very persuasive and he uh, keep coming to the house and at the end of the moment I let me go.
1: They gave in.:
0: <laughs> um, Obviously that, ooh, exactly. Obviously, at that time as well, you were still very young. Did, did you have to sacrifice anything to become a footballer?
2: Yeah, I think for me, the most difficult one in my family because I left um, the system in Paris at that time. Uh, from Monday to Friday, you're away. Uh, you stay in the an academy and you go to school, uh, and you're back on the Friday night, you're back at home. Um, until the Sunday morning, so I just had the Friday night, the, the Saturday all day, and the Sunday morning early. I needed to go back because we play a game, and after that, you stay in academy and you start the week again on Monday. Start going to school. So from 11 to 16, I was doing that. Uh, so I miss I miss the family. I miss my brother and sister. I miss my mom and dad. Um, I miss my friends as well, obviously. Uh, but that was that was the hardest sacrifice for me. But I mean, when you when you want to do something in life, anything in life, you, you need to do sacrifice. So, at the end, I was happy because I I, I made it. But I think at that time, uh, the most difficult for me was to miss to miss my my, my own family.
0: Yeah, of course. And uh, when you first started at Paris, did you begin as a midfielder and then become a defender? Is that true?
2: Yeah, that's absolutely true because I was actually playing in midfield when um, when I was playing for my local club. And uh, when I joined Paris as well, I was in midfield uh, for uh, the, my first two years at the academy. And unfortunately, one day we went to play somewhere and uh, a few of the lads missed the bus. And he was the, one of our best defenders. We missed the bus. So he, couldn't, he, didn't, he didn't make the game. So uh, the manager at the time said, oh, well, so you have to play at the back because I've got no one else. And um, I played I play good that day. since then. He, he, I was a centre-half.
1: Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so, uh, Sol, online it says that you played uh, one senior game for the PSG first team when you were 21 in yeah. 2005. Yeah. Uh, do you feel like you should have been given more yeah. opportunities at Paris?
2: Well, I don't know because it's, it was—it's obviously a—it's a, it's, it's a bigger club now, if I—if I can say on terms of um, on terms of money. Uh, but it's always been a big club, and it's always a club who buy superstar, and um, it's very difficult for a young player to break through. So um, I was fortunate to, to have a chance. I, I, I play and I signed professional when I was 16, and I was training with the first team for, for four or five years, uh, but never managed to break through. I just played one game, uh, one cup game, uh, one league game. I came on for 20 minutes. Uh, we play away at Nice. Um, and after that, I just I just um, I, I was just playing twenty games, and uh, and I never managed to 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 play a whole season. So I asked to go on loan actually a few times, but the manager said no because he said obviously if we had a few injury and suspension, you'd be next. So um, yeah, I think my, my my biggest disappointment is this: is that I wish I could have played more games to show what what I was capable to do at the time, but. At the same time, I understand the club is a big club; they, they were buying superstar, so it was always going to be difficult for me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, as you said, you were a young player coming through. Was there any player who like uh, took you under their wing, you know, to help your development? Maybe another centre half at the club at the time?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It was a few, to be fair. The whole, the whole firm at the time, especially when I get when I when I joined them, I was sixteen, so they were good as gold with me. But I think the main one was Mauricio Pochettino because he was playing centre half as well, Um, and um, straight away he took me under his wing, and um, we studied the game together. I remember after training he used to take me uh, at the canteen and uh, show me how to defend, how tell me like what I've done wrong during the training, and uh, sometimes I should be smart the way I the way I um, I grabbed the shirt of the striker. How to be clever? How to make a foul without without getting caught by the referee? Um, and even outside the game, he said to me, "You you start from now. You have to sleep early, eat properly." It um, was good as gold, and uh, we still we still in touch. And I was glad to see him. He actually said that after when uh, last season when we won the Premier League and we played Tottenham, and uh, he took me to the dressing room and he introduced me to all the Tottenham players and said uh, <laughs> It's because of it, because of him I'm here because uh he took me under his wing when I was sixteen. Yeah. And uh that was that was that was very nice from him.
1: Oh nice. Nice. Uh so when you did leave uh, PSG, you moved to Scotland. Uh apologies if I do yeah. uh, butcher this pronunciation. Is it done firmly?
2: Is that right? That's right. No, no yeah. that, that's very good pronunciation, actually. Is it yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm
1: I'm just reading it now and I've been looking at it for the past five minutes thinking, how do I pronounce this? But uh, yeah. So uh yeah, at the time it may have seemed a strange move to move from uh, Paris to Scotland. Uh, yeah. How did it come about? Yeah.
2: Um, that was very strange for everybody, to be fair. Even my family didn't want me to go. Um, but I left in bad terms with Paris Saint-Germain because they wanted me to sign a new deal and I didn't because obviously I wanted to play. So we ended up um, leaving each other in a very, very bad term. And I had a few options to go. Um, in the different French club, uh, even the, the equipment under the championship, uh, the League 2 in France. Um, but it never mattered, I realized, because um, every time they were calling pirates and said, but he was meant to be the next big kid and you let him go. And they were saying, like, yeah, he's a good player, but he got strong character, and cause you problems. So I ended up having no clubs in France to sign me. Uh, so, the only option was to go abroad. And um, that one came about because my agent knew the manager there. And he said, You're young, um, you're physical, so I think you should look to play in England. And if you go there, you should go to Scotland because you've got the opportunity. At that time, Dunfermline was in the um, Scottish First Division. Uh, um, yeah, First Division. Um, so, obviously, it was big games against Celtic, One it was a big club like Ibane and Hearts. So for me, it's go go going there and play professional football um, and I was guaranteed to play 1st team football, I, I, I needed to take it, um, but few of my family wasn't happy with it, uh, like you said, it was a surprise move because I, I leave a big club like Paris Saint-Germain and ended up in there. But at the end, I think for me, it was the best move because I ended up learning everything there, learning the language, because when I moved there, I didn't speak any English, the league was very physical. I wasn't ready at all to go in England. Um, so for me to go there and play my first season, I think I played 25 games and that never happened to me before. So I think it was a very, very good learning curve and uh, overall, for me, it was, a, it was an important move for the rest of my career.
1: Nice, nice. So um, you spent five years in Scotland before moving uh, to Leicester in the Championship. How did you find uh, the yeah. difference between the Scottish football and the English football?
2: Um, I think the physical side of it is 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 quite similar, um, especially back in those days. I think it wasn't a huge huge, huge difference. Obviously, the, the football, the, the the tactical side, I would say, was better in England, uh, apart maybe from uh, from um, the, the 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 two best team in uh, in, in Scotland, the Celtic and the Rangers. Uh, but the, the physical side was very similar. So when I moved from from Iberian to to Leicester, it wasn't a, it wasn't much difference. And um, I was lucky. I knew the man who signed me is and Eriksson. I had him in the national team, so it, what, the transition was easy. And uh, I came in. I did well. The first game, I scored a goal. So um, I think that, that can only be a good introduction. And from there, I never looked back. And I spent a I spent a year and a half I think in Leicester, where I only got good memory there.
0: Yeah, around that time as well, when you were at Leicester and the move to England, you began playing regularly for Ivory Coast. Why did you pick Ivory Coast as your represented nation instead of France, where you were born?
2: Well, because that came very early, because even before I moved to Scotland, I was already playing uh, for Ivory Coast um, under 23s I remember we played the World Cup in Dubai uh, in 2003. Um, and um, that was the moment where I picked Avricos because the French national team wasn't qualified for that World Cup and uh, we were and I, I, ne- I needed to make a decision but before that I was actually playing for French uh, under 15 and um, and that's why in front I had a bit of stick because I was playing for the, the French national team before and um, we didn't qualify and Avricos qualified and I decided to change to go and play for Avricos so Paris wasn't happy. I <laughs> um, had a few bad stakes in the media as well. Um, by the end, I've got no regret because I ended up playing World Cups and African Cup Nation yeah. and I met great players. So I think at the end, it was a good move.
0: Yeah, of course, because you represented Ivory Coast in like the Olympics and World Cup yeah. in South Africa and Africa Cup Nations in 2010. What did it feel like to play for Ivory Coast in some of the world's greatest international competitions?
2: Yeah, I think at the time I didn't realize. I think it was more for my parents. They were more proud because obviously that's the country they're coming from. Uh, and in, in 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 Africa, when you play for the national team, you you, you literally go like you can't go out anywhere. Um, everyone know you. And uh, when my mum and dad was back there or going there on holiday, it was it was always special for them because they were proud to say their son playing for the national team. So. Um, for me, it was just another step for my career to to try to to play World Cups, African Cup of Nations, Olympics. So I managed to do all this, and uh, I think what was very important for me was meeting those players, those world class players for play for big club and in, in all around the world, and um, I learned a, a lot next to them as well. So that was that was a good progression again for my career. As well.
0: Yeah.
1: Cool. So. Uh... After Leicester, you moved to Turkey and then to uh yeah. in uh, Syria. Uh, where you only played once. What did you think didn't work out there?
2: Um, I think that was the, the system, the way uh Italian system is 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 a bit weird and we never really been I've never really been used to that because the president and the sport director signed the players. And um, the manager uh, don't even know sometimes um, what player has been signed. And I knew for a minute when I was in trouble when I got to Palermo, because when I get there and I went to the training ground, the manager didn't know who I was. Really? <laughs> and he was like, oh, yeah. And he was like, well, who are you? What are you doing here? I'm, well, I just signed. I just <laughs> came in from the World Cup. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> so from that, I knew it. I knew it right away. So uh, obviously he was under a, a bit pressure at some point. So that's why I only I played that game uh, because I think we we lost a couple and the president said, okay, that's enough now. You play that player. So I played, uh, but that was the only reason. And uh, and I, and I knew. Like I said the first minute I got there. So in January I knew I needed to to look for a move. And uh, and thanks God that's what happened and I, and I came back in England. I went to Leeds.
1: So yeah, that leads perfectly on to the next question, actually. Uh, So as you just said, uh, from Palmeiro, you uh, signed for Leeds on loan. Uh, Did you first, when did you first know about uh, Leeds' interest?
2: Well, I was, um, I went to see the president in uh, Palermo and I said to him, well, we all know the situation, so I'm going to have to look to go somewhere. And he said, yeah, because obviously we, you're a good asset because you're coming from the World Cup. You've got five years contract. I can't I can ask you to stay here and stay on the bench and and, and and I'm going to lose my assets. So what I need to do is you go on loan because I count on you, blah, blah, blah. I want you to come here, to stay here. But obviously the manager is here at the minute. is doing well. Uh, so I can't force him to play you. So um, I've got a good friend of mine as uh, a president in uh, Athletes at United. And I know you play in England um, and uh, you want to go back there. So I think that's something we can be done here. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I know Leeds. And um, if I've got a chance to go there, I'd be perfect. And uh, obviously when Neil Warnock was there, he tried to sign me as well. So I knew everything about the club. I played against Leeds a few, a lot of times in my, my career before that. So as soon as I heard that, I was buzzing. But the only problem is he said himself, his best friend is the president in the club. So I was like, I don't want to go in a club again where his Italian president and it's going to drive me crazy. <laughs> um, so I, I spoke to him first. I spoke to uh, Celino and he said to me, listen, I'm nothing like him. Uh, the good thing is uh, I know your, your reputation in England. Uh, I spoke to Neil Redfern at the time and uh, his assistant was, uh, I forget his assistant's name, because I had him at Leicester. And he said straight away, yeah, Texel, so. and I spoke to him, he said, yeah, come here, you will play. And uh, what was good is, I know you speak Italian, and we got like about eight Italian players, and it's a big trouble, you you can come and sell that out. Uh, so as soon as I spoke to them, uh, I knew I was, coming, I was coming back to Leeds, and I had a few options to go back, I think Reading was interesting, um, but it was only one club I wanted to go after that.
0: So I was going to say, you just you mentioned your first day at Palmeiro's, uh training ground. Can you remember the your first day at Thorpe Arch?
2: Yeah, I remember very well actually. Um, I came in at the training ground and uh, Steve Morrison was there. Uh, I knew more for before when I played against him before I left for Italy. And uh, and funny enough, he was so happy I was there. And he said oh that's good because you you will you will sort out of the dressing room because i know what you like uh house around as well i know your character and you won't take any of the things we we we, we taken in the training and in the dressing room and i was like okay so he took me uh, take me to the dressing room introduced me to everyone uh billy sharp was there i knew sharpie was well from before and uh he was happy as well i was here and um and to show me around uh introduced me to the Italian lads as well and and we went to train and uh after training we had a meeting right away because a few of the Italian lads wasn't happy with what was going on and i was wide right away in the middle of it doing the translation between the Italian and the English and i was like Oh jesus <laughs> what am i doing here because the Italian lads wanted me to be in their corner and the English lad wanted me to be in their corner so i was like I the i'm gonna deal with that <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh, but no at the end it was it was good I think we just uh, I think the the, the the way the Italians see in the football uh, and the way they conduct themselves outside the pitch is completely different than the, than the English lads and I think that was the problem because one to one all the lads every single one of them they were good people um, but they just didn't understand, understand each other and that was the big problem
0: yeah your first head coach as well whilst you were at Leeds was Neil Redfern. Yeah. How how did you find him as a manager?
2: Yeah, he was good as gold to be first. So, I mean, he was good as gold because when I got there, uh, he told me right away, same thing. He said, like, uh, I need someone like you with your character and uh, because the dressing room is a mess. I've got good players, but the dressing room is a mess and I need you to sort that out. Um, and he said, you will play. You need to play. Um, I think when I came as well, we were twenty twenty four 21st in the championship. Yeah. You know, down at the bottom one. We you? were down <laughs> the bottom, exactly yeah, no, so you yeah, exactly. So it was like we need we need resolve, we need you know, so uh, I don't want to put so, too much pressure on you. I know you know the league, you know the game, so uh we need to resolve very very quick. But if the dressing room is no so ah we won't be able to do that. Um but what was good is uh Thompson, that's the name. Uh Thompson was the manager was that assistant manager. And uh, I knew him from Leicester, so straight away, he told me what was good, what was wrong. And um, and I remember we went to play the, uh, the sphere my first game, and we yeah. won. And from that, uh, the atmosphere changed a bit. Uh, they gave me more responsibility yeah. as well. And um, I remember, I think we played Millwall after that at home, and we won. And we went to Reading, or oh, it was the other way around, and after my third game, to just uh, give me the captaincy.
0: Yeah, it took Redfern, like you said, a very short period of time to name you as a club captain, which I think it originally was because of Liam Cooper. He was he was the club captain at the time, wasn't he? But then he got injured. D- did you expect to be the captain of the club after such a short period of time?
2: No, at all, to be fair, Sam. I came in, I wanted to play, I needed to play, I haven't played for for six months. Uh, I knew the situation that we were in, like we said earlier, we were, we were bottom. We were on the bottom, uh, so I just I just wanted to play and and, and get the club out of that situation. So uh, me being me, you know, the experience the experience I had, um, I just can't keep my mouth shut, especially when I see something wrong. Uh, so straight away, very quickly in the dressing room, I become important. Uh, so uh, Redfern said to me, uh, like you said, Cooper was, was injured when we went to play against Sweden. And um, Neil Redfern came to me and just said, naturally, you, you, you take the handbound because, you know, it's, it's, you, you, you're a captain anyway. You know, you speak to people, you make sure everything's OK. Um, but I never expect that at all, never. And um, with the Arban or not, I'll be, be the same. I will try to make sure the team is organised. I will speak in the dressing room before and after the game or half time. Uh, so, that didn't change anything for me.
1: So, uh, when you became temporary captain, uh, your first three matches were all wins, like you said, against Reading, uh, Millwall, yeah. and then uh, that famous Middlesbrough game at the uh, Riverside with one of the def- best defensive performances I've ever seen. Uh, how did you feel you managed to turn the performances around?
2: Yeah, I think what was important for him is he needed to put his message across because I think half of the dressing room for the wrong reason didn't respect him because he was coming through the academy. Um I know he, he, at that time before I came, he was a law manager came in and came in and going. And um I think that like I said, half of the wasn't happy with the 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 appointment of Neil of, of Neil Reffen. So I think what he needed to do is to have a few wins and um and that's why he did and obviously his message on the training ground uh, was good as well. The way he wanted us to play football, because at the time, I think he brought uh, cookie. Um, it was Ch- 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 Charles was there as well? Uh, Moat was there. Sam Byron was there. So all those young kids was doing very very well as well um, in in the academy. And when they come up, they were playing proper football. And I think that worked to the teams as well. So training was better. Uh, we enjoyed it and obviously win give you confidence. So as soon as we had those those three, four wins in the bounds, uh, the team started to realize um maybe the manager wasn't that bad. His idea was good and obviously we were winning games. So uh, I think you're right to you mention that game. I think that was a turning point as well because Middlesbrough yeah. at that time was near the top of the league. So for, for us to beat them the way we beat them I and mean, we were very, very solid as a team because I know that game everybody talk about um, the defensive uh, perf- performances and everyone was going about as uh, the back four, the goalkeeper. But as as, a, as far as I remember, the whole team were very, very well organised and were difficult to beat. And that's always easy. I always said you can put the best back four in the world if the, the, the midfielder doesn't do the job, you're in trouble. So I think as a team, we're very, very uh, well organised and hard to beat. And uh, that for me was the turning point, because from that on, we knew we would be safe because if we can beat Middlesbrough, we were the, um, near the top of the league. We can beat anybody in this league. We just needed our confidence. And after that game, we had it.
0: Yeah. Like, like you said, during then, that time, there was a lot of English players coming through, like Cook and Taylor and Moat. But about at the beginning of the season, Cellino, like you said as well, brought in a lot of Italian players. Yeah. How do you think these mixed in with the English based players throughout the season?
2: Yeah, I think the, the, the problem itself wasn't the fact Celino uh, was bringing, bringing Italian players. I think the problem was the Italian player, as soon as they came to the club, they think because they've been brought in by the, man, by the president, they wouldn't be playing. It wouldn't be any competition. Um, they can do what they want. They have a direct uh, relationship with the president. So they can call him if something's wrong. They can even go and see him if, he was, if they weren't, weren't happy with anything. And at the same time, that's the typical Italian way because the president want to know everything. So I think that was good on both sides. But the English player didn't understand that. And they were not happy with it. And rightly so, because that's the way I see it too. I mean, we players. We're no manager. we know owners. So we just have to play. Um, but they didn't understand that, the Italian players. So I think that, first of all, was a, was was part of the big problem. And I think as well, a few of the English lads, like, like the senior players, like Steve Morrison, Billy Sharp, didn't understand the fact you go and pick Italian player from Serie B or Serie C and things are going to be good enough for the championship. It's not. Because the, pre- the Serino was yeah. making that mistake as well, thinking because championship is equivalent of like CDB, B, so it'd be the same if I bring a Serie B player to the championship. But it's not. Because yeah. the championship is hard and is, you know, yeah, um, we all know how difficult it is. So, that was his mistake and the players can see that. We can see the Italian players were not come in, but they weren't good enough and they were playing. And from that on, it's always gonna be a problem. So I think, I don't think it's anybody's fault. I think I think the, the both sides, the English player as the Italian player could have, you know, try to calm the situation down and try to understand and say, listen, we're all on the same boat here. Uh, it's no point arguing about it. We just have to get on with it. And that's what, that's what I was trying to do and trying to say to them, I said like, I'm not in any one corner. I just want we in trouble. The club is in trouble. We got no other option to be together and play together. So let's make the most of it. And um, and at the end, we managed to do it. But it's always going to be difficult because I think at the start, it was Cilino um, make the mistake by thinking uh, the championship was easier than Serie B.
0: Yeah,
2: and then like the Italian players and the English
0: players. Do you think there was any conflict between the two? sorts of players and do you think it affected how the team played
2: yeah it definitely affected the team 100 percent because we couldn't make the difference between because I've been playing in teams even in the national teams where it was huge conflict where people doesn't talk to each other but when we go on the pitch we all pull in the same direction but that wasn't the case um, at least at that time because uh, people wanted to know, wanted to show to other people they're not happy with them. So in the pitch they didn't perform. I remember arguing with um, Pep Bellucci and said, what are you doing? And he was like, yeah, but I don't care because I want to show them like I'm not happy. I said, yeah, but that's not the way to do it. You know, because I'm in the pitch next to you. I want to win. So you can't just throw the throw the towel and said like you don't want to pay, you know? Yeah. And that was that was, that was was the problem uh, most of the time. And the English player was, was not happy with it. So when when they were coming in the pitch as well, they wanted to show they're not happy, and it's and it's not the way to do it. So it was a huge misunderstanding. But I think I think of the, the the mistakes been made, like I said, by both sides. But I think Serino could have sorted that out easy, and he didn't for some reason, and that's where we were in the situation we were.
0: Yeah. And just going back to Belusky as well, because many of the fans seem to think like he was like, like basically Cellino's buddy. But you obviously formed a centre-back partnership with him while you were at the club. And he split opinions between fans because although he did clearly have some talent to play for the Leeds team, his off-field antics and his fiery temper, like, made fans think, like, what is he doing playing for us? But what was it like to actually play with him?
2: No, he was good as gold. To be fair, fam, so, I mean, he was good as gold. I think, I think he he's shown character and when he, when people don't understand him. He even get, he even got more angry. But I still talk to him now because, um, like I said, he's good as gold. And trust me, I don't have a lot of friends, like proper friends in the game, but he's one of them because he got good heart. Uh, he cares. But I think, like you said. Um, he haven't been understood by the fan uh, properly because he made some mistake. He knows it, um, yeah, course, yeah. but I think the, the, his body language and outside the pitch, like you said, I think he, he knows it now. He, he should have done better. Uh, but why? Why is why should he's, he's never been Celino's puppet because he always argue with him. They, they didn't know each other. I don't like each <laughs> other. Sorry, I don't know if people know that. Uh, if, if if the Leeds fan know that, but they hate each other, absolutely hate each other because. Uh, Pep didn't take any nonsense and when he wasn't happy with something he was saying it. And so you know, it was most of the time telling him like to shut up like he's the boss and you have to do what you want to do. So he's he never been his puppet. But I do think he should have conducted himself better outside the pitch and sometimes in the pitch. And even um with 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 the teammate, because when he's not happy with something, he don't take he don't take any glove, like we said in fans. He just go and and tear you off. And I think especially when the young group we had were with the, with the Taylor, the cook and all that, I think sometimes you, know, you needed to be a bit more diplomatic if you like, but he wasn't like that at all. And I think sometimes that was his that was, that was bigger problem.
1: Yeah, so uh, in the end, the relationship between uh, Beluski and the supporters went a bit sour, to say the least. Leeds fans were insulting him and booing him. One example being at that friendly game, I think it was York City. Where he was booed yes, when he was walking yeah. off the pitch, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Do you think that was fair? And did he feel sorry for him at all? He, like he said, he uh, could have gone about it better.
2: No, I understand that, Jack. I think, I think, I was disappointed. Yeah, absolutely, and I feel sorry for him because, as much as I understand the fan frustration, uh, and like we all, especially now. Uh, like we all know, you, you're paying crazy money to go to the game. So abs- absolutely, you can voice your opinion. But I think sometimes what you need to remember is that's not going to help him. And he's still at the club. I can understand if, if you do that and he leave the club tomorrow, it's fine. You know, you voice your opinion and, you know, he's gone and his game over. But if he's still in the club, he's still going to play for you. At some point, he's probably going to play when the manager need him. Uh, and that's not going to help him. And that's not going to help the fan either. Because if you get booed um, for for no reason for him, because he would always say it was for no reason, because the fans don't understand me, this and that the the, the player's never gonna perform for you, or when he's gonna go on the pitch, he's gonna be he's gonna be scared because he know you're gonna you're gonna boo him at any chance you've got and and it's gonna be difficult for him. So at that time, I do feel I, I, I felt sorry for him, 100 percent, understand the fans. Uh, at that time to be to, to be frustrated and, and, and to boo him, but I think so, at some point those things need to stop because the fans need to understand if he's still at the club, at some point you're going to need him and you you need everyone on board for, for the club to be successful.
1: Yeah, so uh, as we talked about, a lot of the Italian players came over to Leeds from uh, Serie B. Neil Redfern was quoted in saying that some of the players weren't good enough for the championship.
2: What did you think about of them in training? Yeah, he's he's for absolutely for home, and it's, it's it's not hiding from it. Every everybody knew that. Like like I said before, you can't bring people from City B, City C sometimes, and things are going to be good enough for the championship. And I think uh, Neil from and a few of the English lads was 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 insulted. They were feel, feeling like, come on, they, they disrespect us because they think like the City B is is is, is 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 as easy as as the championship. is not so yeah definitely they weren't good enough a few of them a few a, a lot of them were fine like you said pep was good i think Pep needed a bit a discipline but Pep was good um miracle was very good i remember miracle was good um yeah uh, a few came in and they were nowhere near good enough uh and they knew it and we all knew it but you know but it's no hiding from that absolutely yeah. and i'm no, i'm not afraid to say it and i think they and got a spot on. They, they weren't good enough for the championship.
1: Yeah, so, uh, another story that seemed to be uh doing the rounds with supporters was that the uh, fitness of the players and their uh, diet lifestyle, so on and so forth, wasn't, wasn't up to standard to professional footballer, really. Uh, was this evident in training at all?
2: Uh, actually, no, because uh, I remember uh, Billy Sharp addressed that to me straight away when I first got to the club and said, Die is a big problem uh and with the lads and they, that is something we really need to do uh something about this because the lads really really don't like it uh because they do it in the dressing room and i, I was like no come on they can't do that in the dressing room he said yeah half time they're going to the shower and they do that in the dressing room and i could i could not believe it but i said to billy sharp at that time i said listen i came from italy i know what they like there's a smoke and everything no in the dressing room but a lot Italian people, even back in France, um, a lot of people smoke and all that. This is in their culture. Um, so that's going to be difficult to ask them to stop. But why is for sure you don't do that in the dressing room? I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Um, so that was the only thing I went stronger than them. And I said to them, listen, smoke, we can't stop you to smoke. Uh, when you leave the training ground in your house, when you go out, if you want to in the restaurant, whatever. But in the dressing room, I have time. You don't do that. You do not do that because it's, it's so disrespectful for us, for the manager, and for everyone. So I won't let that happen. I'm telling you now, if we need to fight, we'll fight. But I would not have that. Um, so I have time even doing this. But after that, when they leave the dressing room, uh, the training ground, or the games, yeah, they were smoking. I've been out some time with them in the restaurant, and they were smoking. But it's there's it's not much you can do about this, unfortunately, because I think. I think in here, people got the wrong, wrong impression because I don't think it's so much in the English culture for any sport people to smoke. But in Italy, in France, in Spain, I can give you thousands of people, big players with smoke, you won't believe it. You know? Yeah. So I, 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 I think for us, uh, back in France, Italy, Spain, I think it's a bit normal. But here, I can understand why they, 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 don't, they don't like it. But I think it was just to find the balance of when you can do it or not. Yeah, of course.
0: Like as well we touched on, Chilino brought these players to the club, but at the time, like during your first season while you were on loan, he was actually banned from ownership of the club because of he failed to uh, approve to the FA's fit and proper owners test. But was it evident that he still had influence within the club?
2: Yeah, he was winning the club for sure, for sure. Like he was winning it, but I think obviously everything of, of, official, he was official, he, he wasn't in front of it. But he was making all the phone calls. The agent was talking to him. Um, he was making all the decision. Um, but yeah, we all know he was banned, but nothing could have been approved uh in the club without without going by him, that's for sure. I think like like once again, that's the Italian ways. They want to get involved with everything, so they want to know everything. And um I think unfortunately sometimes that that went against the club. Um but he he always had good intention. I think he was um he had that temper, a bit like Pep, where uh, when you guys were not happy with a few things, and obviously I don't think he realised how big Leeds is in the country uh, as a club, as a fan base, and he didn't he didn't realise when you guys are not happy, you can go out and, and voice your opinion, and that would make the news, that would go on the that would go on the paper, that would go on the TV, and um, and and that would get bigger and bigger all the time, and I don't think he realised that because in Italy uh especially the club he managed or where he was president they were a smaller club so if he said something it's, it's, it's what goes um and it's it's, it's never a big deal it never goes never make the paper or the tv so i think he, he he got shocked when he when he came here and he realized how powerful the fans were uh and he found it difficult to deal with it
0: the penultimate away match of that first season while you're on loan was a
2: Leeds' away
0: match to Charlton, which still to this day remains a match that surrounded in controversy. Because although it was Leeds' fifth loss in a row, it's more remembered for the absence of some of Leeds' players, uh, the Italian ones that were injured. Uh, would you be able to describe what happened in a couple of days leading up to that match and what might have happened at Thor Parch to make them injured or any reasons for why they wouldn't be able to play?
2: Yeah, it was, it, was, it was a normal week. Uh, to be honest, uh, like it was a normal week before the games. we trained. Uh, I remember, I think it was Pep and, and I think it was Mirko. Uh, on the Tuesday, I think they didn't train uh, because they, were, they had like a niggle injury. Um, but it was an absolutely normal week. And the rest of them trained all week normally uh so at the, at, when we become when we come on the on the friday when you need to travel uh and a few of them weren't there nobody knew really like what was going on we had the the like you guys the they said to us well they injured well as they said they injured they're injured fair enough but i think the base the big misunderstanding is it was like because they had the normal week training uh it was the last game of the season like you said, we're on a, on a losing uh, a streak as well. We lost a couple on the bounce. Um, I think a few of the fans were on the backs as well. I think a few of them was leaving at the end of the season. Anyway, um, I mean, they, they got it all wrong. I, I was upset. I tried, <clears throat> excuse me, I tried to call them on the phone when we were on the bus going down to London, but I couldn't um, because they knew I wouldn't take their side and be upset because most of the time I try to defend them. Um, but on this, I was, I was upset. And even Neil Redfern said, just leave it. Just focus on the game. Don't worry about it. But I find this so disrespectful because for us as well, I think that's what some, most of the times they were missing the point. They think every time they're doing something is just, they just think about themselves. But it's so disrespectful for us, for, for all the team, for the club, for the fans. I always said, no, nobody's bigger than the club. Never. And when you do stuff like this, it's so disrespectful. So I wasn't happy with it, but. Was the last game of the season. Uh, obviously, like I said, we were losing games, so we wanted to finish well as well. Uh, and uh, we were playing the next season, so we, as a player, we didn't make a big meal of it. Uh, but me personally, I wasn't happy with it, and I can understand why the fans went crazy about it. Nah, spot on. Yeah, like, like many of the fans
0: believed it was a protest from the Italian players towards Neil Redfern about him not treating them correctly, or the reasons like that do you think that was the case
2: no 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 that that, that is rubbish that absolutely rubbish because uh if someone treated them good it was Neil Redford he was good as gold he tried he was so patient never argued with him never said a word once i think uh a half time he went crazy because they they didn't perform and we were losing but he was doing this to me he was doing this to everyone you know um but outside it he was always taking them 1v1, one one, talking to, to them in the office, trying to make them go in the right way and make sure they, 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 they get well with the team and everything. No, Neil Riffen was good as gold. That, that is rubbish, that. I can't have that. No way.
1: So you've uh, briefly stated that two players, out of Egecani, Marco Silvestri, Dario Del Fabro, Beluski, Dakara and Antonucci, were genuinely injured, whereas the other four were not. Which players do you think were injured as opposed to protesting?
2: well if i'm honest with you i don't think any of them were injured really absolutely let's listen let's let's be honest here we they all know i mean listen it was five years ago i wasn't happy i wanted to talk they said to me not to yeah Uh, looking we look forward to the next season this and that they're going to be gone whatever but i wanted to make the point like we you don't do that it's so disrespectful and as a club if you want to go forward when something is wrong when something you're not happy with with, You address it and you say it, but they didn't listen. But now, five years, five years later, if you ask me and you don't want, to, you want to know the Chief, none of them were injured, and we all know it.
1: Yeah, I no, appreciate your honesty. At the end of the season, the 14-15 season, you uh, ended up signing for Leeds on a permanent deal. It says that there were other clubs interested in the championship. What made you stay at Leeds despite the other interest?
2: Oh no, that was that was easy. That right? because. You know, I, I came to the club, um, and everyone embraced me, like from the fans, from every single one in the club, uh, the secretary, the ladies in the canteen, my teammate. Uh, no, that was a no-brainer. It was easy for me. Like I was, I was settled. I come back with the misses. Uh, she had a love, open when off. Um, you know, kids to school. No, that was that was absolutely no-brainer. It was it was, it was no way in the world I could have gone anywhere. Um, I had a small argument with my agent because I could have gone somewhere else for more money, uh, but like I always said, it's never it's never about the money. It's about uh, how you're feeling, how the club make you feel, like your comfort of the family, um, and that's that's what always comes first to me. So that was an easy decision, and and um, it needs to be club. We all know it. And yes. at that we, we at, that, at that time, you said to me, he's going to bring a um, a good European manager. He's not going to do um anything silly or Italian or anything like that. You wanna you wanna have a good goal. Um so yeah, I was looking forward to uh, to, to, to the new season and and um, and there was no way I could have gone anywhere else.
1: Who else was actually interested in you yeah. that uh, season?
2: Uh in the championship I could have signed for wedding. I actually had a meeting with them. Uh yeah. they were after me before actually I came to you guys. Um I actually met the manager in uh, at the hotel uh, down in London um Scottish guy, uh, 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 uh Steve Clark. a Scottish, Steve Clark, thank you. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I, I met him. Um, we a good chat. Uh, he's, he's, he's a good man. Actually he nearly make me change my mind, but I said to him, I give my word to Leeds. I can, I can't go back on it. And he respect that to be fair. He said like, uh, that's telling me everything about you. So good luck and all that. So, um, reading was the closest because they actually make me know offer uh a better offer than leads but i, I decided to i decided to to just lead obviously good choice <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then when you did sign permanently however obviously from your loan spell to the permanent spell there was a change of head coach between redfern was sacked and Uwe rosler was appointed as the head coach how how different was rosler's approach to management
2: compared to Redfern's? To be fair, I was disappointed to see Redfern go, to be fair. I knew it, um, and we had a good chat uh, before that happened, uh, me and him. Uh, but I thought we should have given him a chance to have a full season, with a pre-season, with new signing, he will pick, and, um, and we'll have a good goal. Uh, but obviously, Celino was a, had a different idea. Uh, but Uwe was good. Uwe was good as gold. He, he called me right away when he got the job. Uh, he told me what he wanted to do. He told me he wanted to appoint me as a captain. Um, so I, I heard about him before when he was at the Brentford. Um, obviously, he had a good career, played for Man City and all that. So that always a and, and to, to the players. Um, but unfortunately, him as well, it didn't give him uh, enough time to, to do what he wanted to do. Um, but he was good. He was very good, but I was disappointed to see uh, Neil Redford
0: go, to be fair. Yeah, because when, when Rosler was appointed as well, as well as him coming to the club, Chileno and the club also seemed to be spending more money on players like Chris Wood arrived for £3 million and yourself and Stuart Dallas for a couple of million each. And that was something that Leeds hadn't really done before since they got relegated from the Premiership. C- could you tell that their ambitions might have changed from taking gambles with the Italians to thinking, right, we need to spend money here to get to where we want to be in the Premier League?
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I think he got that. Uh, that was good from, from from him. Like I said before, he had he, he his heart was at the right place. He just didn't he just didn't manage to, to 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 take it to take it further because I remember that season when he decided to get a bit of Neil. That's why he said. He said, "I want to have a go. I want to bring like um, a young English, if I can, manager uh, or European manager. I'm gonna I'm gonna sign players." He actually asked me about Woodsy uh, because I play with be doing Leicester. Um, and it was the same as well with Uwe when he said uh, they were talking and he said uh, obviously they asked like for a, a lot of money issues. You think we should pay that? Is is it worth that? And I said yeah, you should because we need a striker. Uh, it depends how you want to play, but would you if you give him a chance, he will score. Um, he signed uh, obviously the the Uwe signed uh, Stewie. He knew him from Brentford. Um, yeah, we had we had we had ambition and that's why I was excited and I was looking forward to it. And that's why I was uh, I was sad to see him go. I think he went in November or October or something. Um, yeah. And he, he he never had a chance to to to, to see a flu. And uh, and when he when Celino did that, I knew he went back to square one because at the summer he done well, like you, like you said, spent a, a few million, bought some good uh, players, and uh, he should he should have let him finish the season. But he was a he was an impatient man
0: yeah, of course, like Rosler was replaced by Steve Evans before the end of the year, and he he was your third manager at Leeds in less than a year that you were there. how How hard was it for yourself and as other players to adapt to different managers' uh, philosophies in such a short space of time?
2: Yeah, but absolutely John but you said, that, oh, how can you have free manager the season and expect to do well? You've got no chance. Every manager who to come with his players and don't come with his philosophy, Going not come with his ideals. Like you've got, you've got absolutely no chance, especially in the league I've stuff in the championship, you know. Um, so obviously we do we, 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 you try to do the best you can, um, but managers coming with different ideals, different philosophy, um, they treat the players differently, um, it's, it's, it's hard. It's very, very difficult. So as soon as that happened, we knew we't going to go anywhere again. Uh, it's going to be in, in, um, a, a long and hard season as well. Um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not blaming Steve Evans, but I think when you got three manager in a season and free def- different, completely different manager with different philosophy, you got no chance, and uh, that's why we ended up
0: being where we were. Yeah, like that that season again finished quite similar to the season before, didn't it? Where the bottom half, bottom half of the championship, but yourself stood out for your good performances on the pitch, in my opinion. And, but it wasn't just the performances which I was and other fans thought was good. I, the way that you sp- spoke about the pr- in the press about the club and things that were going on behind the scenes was quite something that us fans were surprised to hear because we're used to hearing like the typical like hiding, hiding the problems under the carpet and keeping them away from the fans. But you always seem to say things how it was and tell things exactly what it was and show how... You weren't happy, which I thought was quite good to hear. <laughs>
1: that transpires yeah, a lot absolutely. of times. So. Sorry, sorry, Sol, go
2: on. Yeah, but I think no, sorry, I think I think you you, you deserve that. I think is is only right. I think obviously there's a few things uh, when when we go down to details or we can't go too deep with contracts or money or sometimes the, 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 the talk we have with the club, which I think you guys as a fan you can understand that. But when is when his question about the club. Uh, what direction the club want to go, uh, how the manager want to play, how the president want to 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 run the club. I think it's only it's only why right the fans know about it. So if you ask me a question, I will answer you absolutely. And I think at that time the club was going nowhere because they were ch- chopping and changing managers. Uh, Steve Evans, bless him, but he was he, he was trying to do uh, he was trying to get a job for the next season. He wasn't even worried about players or winning games or whatever. All he was doing is like try to be good for the fans, for the press, and for the for the president to have the to, to sign a new contract for the next season. And I said that to him. The players said that to him. And that's why uh half of the team like didn't perform at the end, because they were like, Well, why would we care? Why would you play for him? He's, he don't care about us. He just wanna uh, sign a contract for he wanna please the president so he can he can sign a long-term contract. So when the club thinking like that, going in that direction, you're in trouble. So that's why we finished like big table and, and ended up yeah. doing nothing.
0: Did, did you ever get warned by anyone at the club for speaking your mind?
2: No, no, absolutely not. Because, um, because they know me, Jack, they know me. And exactly what I'm saying um, to you guys or to the fans at the time or to the paper, I was saying that to them. So yeah. I, I, I had absolutely nothing to hide you know and actually they were Celina so you know, was calling me all the time and shouting to me or telling me um, how the team is performing like this uh, I'm the captain so I'm in charge of slow by like the way we play uh, the manager is not good enough and this and this and that and we used to argue a lot about everything but I was telling him and I was telling him, well you said this but you in charge you bought the player you bought the manager so you can blame me if you like because I'm, I'm a player yeah so I'm responsible for it but you 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 the captain we follow you yeah <laughs> you know yeah. so no he, he, they, they all knew everything I was saying I was saying to the players I was saying that to them so it's, I never had any problem with that.
1: So during uh, your time at Leeds you scored uh, five goals. However, I'm sure we can all agree uh, the best of the bunch was Wolves at home. You remember yeah. about <laughs> what do you remember about that volley?
2: Uh nothing actually and you know what before. <laughs> uh fun me in social media I, I didn't even remember that you know because what's bad for me is I'm in the, I'm at the club and I enjoy it and I give everything I've got and uh I forget very quick because the most important thing is the next is the next game is the next challenge and it's the next game you have to win um so I don't spend my time like thinking about the goal I scored or this and that I, I actually forget that goal but uh, yeah, it was definitely the best goal I scored for the club, and, and probably the best goal goal I scored for my, in, in my career.
1: <laughs> it's believed at the end of the season, players didn't know if their head coach at the time, Steve Evans, was going to continue. Like you said, however, it says that you found out via a text message. Do you have any idea what this text message uh, consisted of?
2: No, I, I knew Jack. I knew. I think the the the, the team didn't know, but I knew because uh, it was. I think it was three, four games left before the season, uh, before the end of the season, and uh, Celino told me he was gone. He told me he was gone because he was going, we, we had a lot, a lot of trouble as well during the, during the season with Steve Evans, the way he was managed, managing the players, uh, the way he was talking to the players. I had so many arguments and fact with him because all he was doing is shouting to the kids. And I said, like, why are you saying, like, you can shout if you tell some, someone how to do it and what do you want, but you don't say anything about anything. You just shout and the kid is terrified, yeah. you know. And I said, you can do that. You can do that to me. Because you know I'm going to give it to me back. But don't say so, that to the kids. They're 20, 21. They don't know. You know, teach yeah. them. And even the medical staff was saying that. Teach them. You don't train them. You don't. They don't know what to do. Because you don't even know what you want, you know. And obviously, Celino, so, you know, we know we knew all this. Uh, and we actually had a meeting one day uh, where a lot of players the north and said they don't want to play for him. And Celino so, you know, actually came and calm us down and said, like, to trust him. Uh, going to do what's he's right. Um, and after that day, that's when he told me, like, he's not going to stay anyway. So we knew, we all knew. But the text message just confirmed that we, we all knew he was gone anyway.
1: Yeah, so uh, after the season ended, Evans was eventually replaced and succeeded by uh, Gary Monk. Something uh, us yeah. fans felt was a positive appointment and a step in the right direction in terms of, you know, ambition. Yeah. Did you feel the same
2: way? Absolutely. Absolutely, because... First of all, I knew uh, Gallimung from before. I played against him a few times. Uh, He actually called me uh, when he was at Swansea and I was back in Scotland. And I think Swansea was in League One at the time uh, with Martinez and Swansea wanted to sign me uh, before I went to Leicester. And uh, him as a captain called me and tried to convince me and said that if I come, we're going to play together um, at the back and the competition to go all the way up to the Premier League and everything. Uh so I knew I knew I knew Monk, uh, very well from uh, from before. And when he got appointed appointed, he called me and he said, uh I know it was difficult couple of season with you in Leeds, like I have to deal with all the the mess in the club and um the Italian players and everything. But I will change all that. You you just you're just gonna have to focus in uh, uh of playing football. The rest I will take care of it.
0: Gary Monk succeeded and then the opening game of the 2016-17 season was away at Queen's Park Rangers, which was a match he continued to captain the side. However, a match that Leeds lost 3-0. Do you think that result was a was a wake-up call to both the team and Monk about what was going to happen in the upcoming season? Uh,
2: no, really. I think because I think I was saying before, like before we, we, we the, the, the get into trouble, Um. He he was good, I think, when he when he first came in because you know he was he was a young first manager. Uh, we know why he did a Swansea, um, and I think it was a positive appointment, and uh, everyone will agree with that. Um, and when he came in, he, he spoke to the, a few of the lads, and uh, including myself, and said like we all gonna have to worry, we're not gonna have to worry about anything else than playing football, which is good. Um, said all you need to do is focus on playing. I will deal with all the rest of it. Uh I knew you've been you've been doing with a lot recently, but that, that would stop. Uh but it didn't really because Celino being Celino, he was calling me, you know, <laughs> uh for anything. And uh Gary monk didn't like that. And I was telling this to him as well. I so said like, you know, he called me this and that. So we yeah, remember we were in pre-season in Ireland in Dublin, and um they had the, the first argument because Gary monk told them leave him alone just 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 if there's anything just talk to me uh but Salino, being him said like he does what he wants if you want to speak to me speak to me it's easier to speak to me in italian than speaking to to to, to him blah 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 so they had the first argument um so from this i knew nothing's gonna change anyway uh so we had a good pre though uh in dublin and um, yeah. we, we, we we came back like you mentioned, we played uh, our first games against QPR and we lost three-nil. And I think that's where uh, Gary Monk panicked a bit because obviously everything was positive, the fan liked him and everything. And first game we lose the way we lost, and straight away obviously the media started being on it, on his case. Uh, I don't know if Serino was in his case, but obviously he was probably worried about that. So he changed straight away. Himself, yeah. like his attitude, the way the the training was different. He was more upset, uh, and I think he will he will tell you this himself. I think that was um, he was a young manager at the time. I think he will he will probably uh, deal with that better now. Uh, but back then, I think he he, he started feeling the heat, and that's why he changed everything. And uh, uh, unfortunately, that's that's that that was the that was the end of me as well in the club because he he wanted to change everything.
0: Yeah, because you featured four of, the first, four of the first five matches that season and yeah. you were still the club captain. But just one day after the transfer window, you, it was announced that your contract was terminated, which obviously came as a shock to supporters. But was there a reason why that happened?
2: Not at all. I was, I was, I was shocked as, as, as you guys, because, uh, and that's the only thing I always said, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, over all those years, people asking me and said like, oh, why, you know, upset against him or you don't say any any bad things about him. I said, no, I, I don't have any bad things to say about him because like I said, he was good and I do think he's a good manager, but the only things I can sit with him and uh, he should have told me is, he should have been honest with me and tell me straight away. Whenever that, that was, when he decided to let me go, he should have told me early on, but he didn't, he told me, he wanted me to go the last day of the social window at 12 o'clock. And the window was shot at eleven o'clock at night. So you know, I had no chance. And I said to him, "What's that all about?" He said, "Yeah, um, uh, you got too you got too much of the big influence in the club and in the dressing room. So if you don't play, uh, people's gonna start asking questions." And I don't know if you remember, but before the before that, we played Fulham thing at home, and he put me on the bench. Um, and that game already. Uh, people was asking questions, the lads were saying like, why are you not playing soul and everything? And I think that's what make up his mind and he decided to get rid of me because he mm-hmm. said like, um, it's either you play or, or you're gone uh, mm-hmm. because you've got big influence in your dressing room. And I was like, that's rubbish that because, you know, I'm a player like everybody else. I know I'm a captain, but if you're you the manager, if you don't want me to play, I don't play and I will I will be on the bench or whatever and I have to fight for my place. I'm no different than anybody else. So you can't just get rid of me. And um, and he he couldn't give me an answer. And he said, well, go and see the president. I told him uh, and he will sort your contract out. So I go to see Selena and I said, well, what is that all about? And he he went absolutely crazy because he said, I told him, I don't want that. I said exactly what you just said. Uh, He can put you on the bench. You won't complain. You will fight because that's where you are. Um, But he don't want it. He's scared because obviously the fan's going to be in his bag, this and that so he wants you to go and i said well what do you want he said well he's my manager so i've got to follow what you want um and i said when did you since when do you knew that and he said well a couple of days ago and i'm like and that's when you tell me now you should have told me a couple of days ago at least i had a couple of days to find a club and he was like yeah but i tried to convince him to change his mind but obviously i didn't and um now we need to find a way so Obviously, I said to him, "Well, I still got a year, so uh, I'm not going to leave without any, without my money. Because if you want to play like this, I'm going to have to defend myself. So he was good to be fair because he did say, for what you did for the club, whatever, um, it's not going to be any argument. I would give you your money, and uh, that's uh, that's what happened. But I was I was very very disappointed regarding the way the way the way he managed that because I think he could have. He have told me before, I could have went about it a different way, um, but, I mean, he, I spoke to him after that, he, he apologised to be honest, uh, a yeah. couple of days after, a yeah, couple couple of years after, uh, but listen, I'm not someone who owed wages, so he it was, he it was, it was, it was, I moved done.
1: Yeah, so uh, when you left the club, you became a free agent and uh, joined Cardiff. Did you expect to find a, a new club that fast? Yeah, I was never,
2: I was never worried. Uh, without, without me being cocky or anything like that, I was never worried because uh, the minute I was free, I had a few options back home in France. Um, um, I, I was already in talk with uh, Neil Warnock, who said to me, "He's going to get a club soon, so I just have to wait for him. He will sign me." Uh, no, I wasn't, I wasn't worried at all. Um, I nearly signed for Derby. Uh, I was training with them for for a couple of weeks, and uh, Pearson with other Leicester um, wanted to sign me. Um, the, the day before he wanted to sign me, he got the sack. So unfortunately, I didn't sign for Derby. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I wasn't I wasn't worried because um, I knew my reputation in the game. I knew I played enough games, and um, for 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 me to find a club at least in the Championship. So I, 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 never, I, I was never worried.
1: Yeah, so uh, you went on to uh, Captain Cardiff in the Championship, and you played every game in your promotion-winning season, uh, which also saw you featuring the Championship Team of the Year. Why did you think you could perform at such a high level uh, at Cardiff under Warnock, but you couldn't convince Monk to keep you at Leeds?
2: No, I think I, I honestly, I honestly think uh, that was that was Gary Monk's decision, and that was that was him thinking uh maybe I've got big ego or big character, so he can't put me in the bench because uh nothing changes between when I left Leeds and when I went to Cardiff, I was the same player. Absolutely the same player. I didn't change anything, my diet, uh my sleep, whatever. I was always the same. I've always been professional. It's 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 just confidence. The the manager, they won't give me the confidence and he let me uh enjoy myself and play the way He knows I can play. Uh, And Gary Monge didn't give me that chance. Um, But I knew I could perform at that level. And it's not me being big-headed or anything. I knew. I know I'm capable to do a lot, And I knew um, I could play at that level. I knew I could play Premier League football. Um, Like Warnock said, I shouldn't play Premier League 10 years ago. But with mistake I made, uh, absolutely. Uh, With the move I made as well, going to different countries and all that. Um, I, I, I made it late, but I knew I had the, I, I I could I could perform at that level. and just didn't have the chance to do it with Leeds. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like as as well, Leeds obviously sit top of the championship, and you've played in the championship and the Premier League. If the club, if Leeds were to get promoted to the Premier League, how do you think they'd do?
2: Uh, I, I I think they'd be fine. I think they'd be absolutely fine. But I do think why you need the most in the Premier League is experience, and I think that's why we missed and I think that's why we went down. Uh, because we were very close, we went down like we, I think we missed. Uh, b- b- uh, Brighton at uh, two points ahead of us, and all season people was writing us off, said, laws is it going to go down? Is it going to go down? they're not go- even going to pass ten points and everything?" And um, we 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 challenged until the last game of the season, uh, which is uh, which is credit to us. And I do think in that league, um, experience is massive. Experience is absolutely massive, and uh, I think in 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 the Premier League, one mistake and is a goal. And in in the Championship, you can get away with it. The keeper will save it, uh, or the striker will miss it. In the Prem, they don't miss it. the score And if you know if you wide open, and you know well organized, you're gonna get done as well because players are quicker, uh, they're smarter, and uh, and they punish you right away. So. I think i think they'd be absolutely fine because the way they play the way they play attractive like 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 sheffield like sheffield united play now and uh, they're sitting fifth in the league um so i think i think you'll be absolutely fine but i do think um, you do need a few experienced players at that level to to make sure um you'll be okay because in this league you will have as normal if you get promoted you will have uh, some games where you're going to lose three four Five games in the bounce. If you have, if you play Liverpool, City, United, and Arsenal uh, like we did um, at the in games after game, you can end up like losing four or five games in a row. But that's nothing. You still have to 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 to, to pick up yourself and go again. And uh, if you go a young group, you you won't be able to do that because they will be worried about the game, the lose, and uh, they won't. They, they will look the next game and said. Oh, we got City now next, and we got Arsenal next, we got this, and they're never gonna see the end of it. But if you got experienced player, they will tell you, forget about the next game, uh, the, the the last game, focus on the next one and um, try to pick up the result. And if you know, you move again, you move on until you, you get three points. So experience is massive in this league.
1: Absolutely, in January Leeds brought in a uh, a few players to bolster the squad for promotion. Fingers crossed. It was reported that you uh, persuaded Jean Kevin Augustin to join Leeds. Is that true?
2: Uh, no, you give me too much credit. I didn't. I, I didn't persuade him. But obviously, me played for the club. He asked me um, if it was a good move and how was the club, the city, uh, the fans. And I just tell him the truth. But I didn't he, he, made, he made his own choice. And actually he could have gone to United because he was actually in hotel um in Leeds with my agent because we share the same agent. And he was ready to go um to meet the the the, the chairman and all that and sign his contract. And United was on the phone and asked asked him asked to see him. But he made up his mind, he knew United wouldn't be been first choice. Um, he wasn't playing. He, he haven't played much uh, the last six months, so he, he didn't feel like he was ready to go and play for United. So um, I think he made the right decision to sound for Leeds. And you haven't you haven't seen him yet because obviously you need to. I think he's he's a bit behind fitness-wise, so you need to you need to catch up a bit. And as soon as he's fit, you um, he got a very good striker. And-
0: the second section of the show is where our followers get to ask their questions to our guests by commenting on our LUFc fans on Instagram post. Each episode, we select four questions which are commented on our Instagram post and put them forward to our guests. This, for, this week's first question comes from Dave Ward, who asks... Hi, lads. Hi, so I just wanted to ask the question is, do you have any regrets leaving Leeds?
2: Yeah, absolutely, because I, I, I feel like it was a, like an unfinished business, really, because I was settled there, I was a captain, and I was looking uh, forward to the new season and to try to get promoted. So... Uh, Obviously disappointed about this. Uh and the the ways where I left the club, didn't have the chance to say a proper goodbye to everybody and to the fans. So yeah, I've got I, I regret that, bit. yeah, definitely.
1: Our second question comes from Kit, who's supporting Leeds All the Way in Hong Kong, who asks. Hi guys, hi so this is Kit from Hong Kong. Uh my question for you is during your time at the club there was a lot of controversial and chaotic moments. But uh, which was the most chaotic moment of the lot?
2: Oh, that's a tough one because it was a it was a few of them to be honest. Um, <laughs> but no, for me it was like we were saying the, the 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 Charlton game at the end of the season because you can, as a professional, you always have to play. Um, every game and uh, give your best and uh, you can't just refuse to play or pretend you're injured. So, for me, that was the that was the most disappointing one. Next, Jack
0: Foster asks... Hi lads. Hi soul hope you both are well. So, here's my question. So under your playing time at Leeds, in your opinion, who is the best manager to work under? Cheers, boys.
2: Uh. I would say coach was uh, Neil Redfern, because he was very good with uh, with the kids. And uh, his session was always good. Um, and he, he, he make you learn, very, very, really, really make you learn. And I think the, all the young kids he brought through will tell you that, like the reason why they, they, where they where they are now is because of Neil. But as a manager, I have to say it was a UV wrestler. Um, Obviously, he played the game at highest level. He got He's full of experience, so he knew how to manage the players. Um, so, as a manager, I would definitely go for the uh, uh, But as a coach, i have to go for Neil.
1: Nice. Lastly, Harry Marshall asks... guys, uh, and to yourself, So My question is, what is your favourite or most memorable moment at Leeds?
2: It has to be my first game. The first game when we played in the Billy Sharp score at the last minute, if I remember well. Uh, it was my first game for the club. Uh, came from Italy, didn't play much the first six months. Uh, the, the whole journey, you know, I missed the championship, I missed the English football, and uh, came back and play my first game where Ahem um, were packed, where the fans was full. Uh, and I haven't seen that for a long time, because in Italy, the stage of man will fall like this. And the game itself, you know, the game was in, was entertainment and ent- entertain. It was goals and uh, the, at the end we won, so I have to play the first game I played for Leeds.
0: And that ends this week's episode. Thank you everyone for sending your questions. And thanks all for all your time and being so honest with us.
2: Pleasure, Jack. No problem, mate we'll be back in
1: two weeks with our next guest but who will you choose stay tuned for the upcoming vote over on our instagram story later this week thanks for listening